Now, we wanted to make this as replicable as possible to a normal competition. We wanted to give the golfers something to play for. So we offered them financial incentives based on their performance. So if they played the six holes of golf in one under par or better, they would receive a, a reward of, I think it was 15 British pounds. So this was 10 years ago, so it's probably worth a little bit more than it is now. And then if they played the six holes of golf in level par, they would receive five pounds. And if they played the six holes of golf in worse than uh, level par, they wouldn't receive any financial reward. Now, these golfers were all, I guess, high-level golfers. There were a couple of international golfers in there. They're all, they're all more than capable of being able to you know, play six holes of golf on the par. I remember one instance, a golfer had a birdie putt. It was a five yards, five, five, sorry, five feet birdie putt. It was stood over the ball, ready to, you know, draw the putter back to hit the shot, hit the putt. And he was saying, right, I knock this one in, it'll get me back to level par. I birdie the next, and then I'll have achieved my one under par score for six holes. And then he hit the ball. Uh, another golfer would be, and I remember another golfer explicitly saying, right, forget this, I get this down to one under, one under par, it shows that I can make it as a professional golfer. If I can't play this in, one under par, what chance have I ever got of being a professional golfer and then hitting the shot? I love this study because it hits home. It's something that we've all thought about but would never admit to anyone that this putt determines the next 10 years of my life. I mean, talk about stress. But it's something that most junior golfers do. I work with junior golfers on a daily basis. You know, we evaluate their rounds, uh, their past tournament performances and everything. And one key indicator that I've seen is that, you know, whether it's juniors or high level amateurs, they're basing their performance off and they're letting their performance hinge on, on one shot or, or one putt that day. You know, whether it's the nerves on the first tee or, uh, you know, the jitters on that three footer on 18, uh, you know, they're, they're letting their nerves and, and their round hinge on that and almost their self-worth. I mean, what would these players be saying if it really mattered? So one thing this show, this study, you know, particularly showed me is that you know we need to make people aware of of what they're doing, and then, but also when stresses occur, they respond to stresses with coping strategies rather than just, I guess, not doing anything about it. Really, most of us aren't even aware. We don't have the awareness of stress, and because of that don't have appropriate coping strategies or processes to help ourselves. My name's Adam Nichols. I'm an associate professor in sports psychology and coaching at the University of Hull within the Department of Sport, Exercise and Health Science. The overall aim of my research is to be able to help athletes cope and manage stress more effectively to improve well-being, but also to hopefully have a positive impact on performance. Let's get into it. You're listening to the Golf Science Lab, where we're bringing to light research and concepts that you might not have heard before, so you can discover insights to play better golf. Hey, I'm your host, Cordy Walker, and on this season of the Golf Science Lab, we're diving into the neuroscience, the brain, and sports psychology, so we can figure out what do you need to be doing to be performing your best on the golf course. You know, one thing you might want to check out is our Golf Science Lab Insider Club. It's totally free. You can get exclusive content. We've released some additional pieces of recordings from this season's 
guests that you can get access to if you join the Insider Club. That's at golfsciencelab.com slash insider. But first, a quick word from our sponsor, GolfScrimmages.com. We've heard a little bit about the importance of games and good practice, but Golf Scrimmages also has some great tracking features to see how you're stacking up with those around the world. I think the, the, the best part about the leaderboards that we're seeing right now is there are people from Brazil, South Africa, Canada, obviously the United States, just people from all over the world that are uh, enjoying this practice sessions and these games and this interactive website and trying to climb up the leaderboard and see the benefits to the whole premise, which is to practice under pressure, have score involved, and you have to post your score just like it's going to be posted when you're playing a real tournament round. Learn more at golfscrimmages.com. And you know what would be awesome? Tweet a screenshot of your name on the leaderboards as you start to improve your practice habits and work on long-term improvements. Tweet at Golf Science Lab. So stress. We all probably know what it feels like, but let's define it for this conversation. Essentially, we feel that this, this, our resources within the, demand, within the situation won't be able to meet the demands of what we need to do. So the situation potentially outweighs our, outweighs our resources and we, feel, we may feel helpless as well. But it's this feeling of something bad is potentially going to happen or has happened and, and we react with a variety of you know, different negative feelings. There's no definitive answer about whether stress is good or bad, but it's how we interpret it. So we can interpret stress in one of two ways. We can, in, in relation to an event that's going to occur in the future, we can interpret it as a challenge. So what we can gain from a stressful situation, but also we can interpret it as a threat, what might go wrong. And the key thing is about, so stress can, can provide us with energy and it can motivate us, but we've got to control that and we've got to evaluate it in a positive way. I resonate with this from our last series talking about learning. If we view stress as an indication of a learning experience, that's a good thing. So how you interpret it can have a really big impact. So one thing I do when work with golfers and all athletes is increase their awareness of, of stress in terms of what situations have impacted them in the past, how that's made them feel, and how did they evaluate? Did, were they focusing on what can go wrong? Because quite often when we're in a stressful encounter, we focus on the threat, i.e., you know, what are the selectors going to think of it today? Am I going to, you know, is my handicap going to go up? So what focus on what can go wrong, but alternatively, what, what I encourage athletes and golfers to do is, is focus on the, the challenge side of stress. What, what can I gain from the situation? So one thing I'll say to them is, when thinking about something in your head, start the sentence off, this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity for me to put into practice what I've been working on the, on the training ground. This is an opportunity for me to improve my handicap, rather than thinking about all the different things that can go wrong. So, so stress can be good and bad, or bad. It depends on how you uh, how you interpret it, and also how you manage it. So, it's important that when we experience stress, that we do successfully manage it. And that's what we're talking about today: coping and healthy management strategies to deal with stress, because we're all going to face it, and it's our ability to recognize it and interpret it in a healthy way that are going to have a big impact. So let's dive into the research. 
the first paper was published in 2005. So what we did in this paper, we interviewed, I think it was 21 golfers who were on the uh, the Golf Union of Ireland's, I guess, national squad. So they're on their national roster. Uh, the players were aged between 14 to 21. So bearing in mind this was... Uh, 10 years ago that these interviews conducted there are now uh, a few of those players which you know I can't mention who are who are playing on tour and some of them have done very very well <clears throat> but you might be able to do the math on that one there so what we did was we were inter- interviewing them about what caused them stress what were the factors when just while they were playing golf that that caused stress and how did they cope with that stress and, and in particular, which coping strategies were effective, so eliminating the stress, and which strategies were ineffective. What we did is then, so we categorised the paper, or we've presented the results within two sections. So instances in which the golfers coped effectively, and instances in which the golfers coped ineffectively, so they didn't manage the stress well. And then we found some quite, well, not subtle differences, some stark differences between effective and ineffective coping experiences. Now, when the golfers coped effectively, so when they felt that they managed the situation well, they dealt with the stress well, they often coped in combination. So they would use a variety of different coping strategies within a matter of, you know, seconds. So this might be so they'd block out negative thoughts. So if they're concerned about their performance, shut out any negative thoughts, focus on what they wanted to do. So focus on the next shot they were going to hit. And maybe use some positive self-talk to tell them, you know, I can do this. I'm going to hit the neck. I'm going to hit the shot that I want. So they cope in combination. Now, when they these golfers coped effectively, they also gained a sense of control. So they were able to control any negative thoughts. They focused on controlling their behaviour through going a pre, for a pre-shot routine, and also controlling any negative emotions. Now, alternatively, when the golfers coped ineffectively they engaged in a variety of different strategies. So these would be trying too hard. So for example, if they would normally hit a, a pitching wedge or a 99 150 yards, they were trying to be hit, hit the same club 160 yards. So they were trying to force, uh, force the shots. They would also maybe speed up in between shots, so walking faster, and also make routine changes. So if a golfer near, always did two practice swings they may only engage in one practice swing now so bear in mind these golfers so they're all you know relatively young golfers um when we conducted the study we also conducted a follow-up interview in which they could verify the results now interestingly when the golfers spoke to me about this they in terms of their ineffective coping experiences at the time of speeding up trying too hard or making routine changes the golfers were aware that something was going wrong, but not what was going wrong. It was only when they reflected on it that they realised, actually, you know, I normally take two practice swings. On that day, I just put the ball in the t- down on the peg and hit it without even thinking about it. So it was kind of a, a lack of awareness of, of what they were doing. So, you know, a key to coping effectively with stress is being aware of how you normally respond to stress and being aware of how you're coping. So these golfers were completely unaware of what they were doing. It's almost kind of like they weren't thinking and they were engaging in these maladaptive coping strategies. Simple lack of awareness and bad coping strategies 
It's not a good combination, but it happens. The end of a round with money on the line or whatever it is, there's a potential for stress. It's going to creep in and maybe your routine is going to change or you speed up how you go about things simply because you're not aware and you don't have a good process for coping. The biggest surprising thing was the golfer's lack of awareness about the, the ineffective coping experiences, i.e. that they, didn't, they knew something had gone wrong, but they didn't know what. Here's a story from Mike Smith that brings this home. He had a lead going to the final day of a city championship and had to deal with stress. So I teed off on the first hole. You know, I had a great warm-up, went through my dynamic warm-up routine and and did everything, you know, how I viewed it best. Um, was ready to go, had had just played two great rounds the previous two days and um, was ready to, to go out and, and battle these guys. So we went out. I didn't hit the ball great on the front nine. I hold out twice and I actually managed to score three under 33 on the front. So at this point, I was feeling great. You know, I was a little I was a little off because I know I had only hit five greens or or something along those lines. But, um, you know, score wise, I was pumping on all cylinders. I was I was five ahead with nine to play five ahead with nine to play. I mean, what can go wrong? Right. And then, you know, at the turn there. Something clicked. Something changed. Uh, I don't know if it was consciously, subconsciously, but you know, certainly looking back on it, I could tell that something changed. Um, I started thinking about score for one. Started thinking about how many holes I had to play. Um, you know, knowing the course, I had played it many, many times. You know, I knew there wasn't that many opportunities to screw up, if you will. There was a few obstacles I had to get by, but. Um, you know, for the most part, I should be able to handle it. So what I did, and, and looking back on this, it may have not been the best route to go. Certainly don't think so now, but I changed my game plan. It's amazing how we change the game plan when things are going well. But for some reason, when we don't have a solid coping strategy and stress arises, we change. Barely missed my birdie putt on the second. And, uh, the story begins on on the third hole in the back nine, the twelfth of the day. It was a 130-yard par three. It was really in between clubs, a little bit downwind, so I figured I could hit either a gap wedge or a pitching wedge. My two playing partners or, or opponents, if you will, chose gap wedge and and hit it safely onto the green. Uh, you know, I figured all I had to do, yeah, was hit greens, but I also wanted to, you know, seeing the last two holes. Uh, that I had made bogey and, and given a shot back, you know, hit a good shot and and keep the pressure on these guys. So now, now that I'm speaking about it, I kind of realize again that I changed my game plan there. So you know, there there wasn't a plan and I wasn't very, besides score awareness, I wasn't aware of how I was feeling on the inside and realizing those little intangibles and, and uh, applying that to my own game. So long story short, I ended up hitting it in the water uh, we were playing left clean in place that day. Uh, my drop was on a very steep bank, and I, I ended up placing it on that bank. The blustery wind at San Jose Country Club rolled it back into the water, and I, I shortly was informed that that ball was in play. Uh, so I played it. I tried to play it out of the water. You know, total yard sale, shoes off, uh, hat backwards, uh, mud all over me, kind of thing. Uh, ended up making seven on the hole. Now I ended up losing, and you know, I think I had a I had a five shot lead at nine with nine to play, and I ended up losing by four. 
So we need to be aware of stress, maybe practice getting used to it and develop good habits for dealing with it. I'll go through the different coping strategies that they use. And so they would block out any negative thoughts. So not thinking about matches being over, not thinking about the sco- any, you know, any poor scores. They would uh, engage in positive self-talk. So tell themselves that, you know, if they give it 100%, if it doesn't come off, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, as long as they're, they're trying hard. Telling themselves that they've got, they've got the ability to get things back. They would also engage in, you know, rationalising. So bearing in mind these were playing international competitions, but they would say, you know, it doesn't matter if I mess up today. It's not the end of my golf career. You know, it, it really doesn't matter. I've still got it tomorrow. They would go through a routine, so they'd concentrate on their routine. Uh, they would engage in breathing exercises, so taking deep breaths to calm, calm themselves down. Also, these golfers would use... Seek, seek out social support most of them all had caddies so they would speak with their caddy and discuss things that were golf related but also non-golf related maybe to take their mind off in between shots but that was vital in helping them manage stress effectively we started this episode talking about a think aloud study so if they played the six holes of golf in one under power or better they would receive a, a reward of i think it was 15 british pounds What we didn't share was the findings. This is incredible. So in this study then, score was the most frequent, frequently reported stressor. So so we had four golfers who took part in these six-hole trials. Now, score was reported 119 times as a stressor. So concerned about either their current score or how they would score. And then the next frequently cited stressor was their, again, performance overall which I guess is somewhere tied in score but that was only cited 46 times so it's score is massive so when a golfer is on the course and they're about to hit a shot and thoughts of their score come into their mind you know I would encourage them to back off the shot and then engage in some coping strategies so something so it's hard to prescribe you know a one fits all for one size fits all for everybody because and I, I recommend that golfers or any athletes actually, you know, deploy and practice a number of different strategies and find out what, what works best for, for them through trial and error. So if, if, uh, if so, sorry, if that happens where you're concerned about your score or some, some negative thoughts creep into your mind just before you're about to hit the ball, so it would be to stand up, back off from the ball, and then go through the routine, which your, would be your established routine, which probably engages some practice swings, lining the ball up, going through some of your keywords or key coping strategies, and then go back to the ball and then prepare to strike the ball. And, um, you know, one thing I would encourage golfers to do is, you know, it's, it's about having the courage to do that. And, and this is one thing, you know, we'll be talking about the intervention shortly. Is one of the golfers I work with, it was about if... If you've got those negative thoughts while you're about to hit any shot, not just a putt, is have the courage to stand up and go through your routine again. Don't just hit the ball when you're not feeling ready. And that, for this one particular goal, that was, you know, it really helped. I know that I've hit a ball when I'm not feeling ready. You know, you just can't stop thinking about that last double bogey that might keep you from shooting what you want to. But everyone is standing around and I've already gone through my routine backing off and starting again would be stupid, right? Just go ahead and hit it. Oh, you know, you hit it out of bounds. I guess you have to hit it again anyways. And 
this whole story happens all the time and it seems kind of ridiculous. I keep mentioning this awareness, but it's, but I guess people need to be aware of uh, of not of, of their preoccupation with score and, and not to, because until we become aware of something, we can't really deal with it. So the, the crucial thing is actually understanding that you know we are bothered about the score. The score can affect us; it is a stressor. But then, how do we learn not to let it affect us? And that's the key thing. And then, and that's through engaging in coping strategies and having an awareness of that. Let's get into this final study for the show, a variation on that last Think Aloud study that we just talked about. He was of the England youth team, uh, you know, very, very good player, and subsequently, you know, played on the European tour. Now, this golfer, I guess, engaged in, you know, many different, what we call, I guess, maladaptive behaviours, maladaptive coping strategies that were having quite a detrimental impact on his game so he would often so when if if he had selectors watching him he would often rush shots he'd hit shots with negative thoughts going through his mind he would he would be if he was in a, a match play situation he was in a you know when he was playing for england if other players matches had finished early and he was still out there playing and other teammates came to watch his games He'd be very put off by that. He would be put off by seeing his opponents playing well. And we wanted, I wanted the golfer to to adhere to some certain, some, some particular behaviours when these sorts of things happen. So, for example, if if he was stood over a ball and he felt uncomfortable, so he might be uncomfortable by you know hitting a shot in front of a large crowd, having a selector watching. I wanted him to be to have the courage to stand up go back to his pre-shot routine and only hit the ball when he was ready if he wasn't ready he would again go through his routine so that he wouldn't hit any shot when he wasn't ready for that uh, i wanted him another thing he did is he would rush his pre-shot routine or even change his pre-shot routine again so during times of press, press, pressure or stress, he would tell me that quite often he would stop engaged, stop going through his normal routine. So what we did is we worked on a routine which, you know, he developed, he devised. And then what I said to him is, you know, I want you to uh, stick to this routine. So regardless of the situation, it doesn't matter who's watching, whether you're playing for England, whether you're playing in the, you know, qualifiers for the British Amateur, whether you're playing in your local club competition. You know, this is the routine that you have and this is the routine that you stick with for every shot. So these were how to, so these were about eliminating negative behaviours. Part of the programme, we also taught him uh, some effective coping strategies, so things we've mentioned previously, so blocking out negative shots, rationalizing situations you know telling himself it's not the end of the world if you know he doesn't play well in a particular competition if a selector sees him hitting a poor shot positive self-talk increasing his concentration uh, committing to shots focusing on his own game so being less preoccupied by others now interestingly so i got so we went through this this session we had together an hour or two session and i asked him to 
asked him a series of questions which after every competition he played for 21 days he, he he kept an audio diary about how things had gone whether he'd engaged in effective coping behaviors or whether he engaged in ineffective coping behaviors and i think this was a really interesting part so straight away he engaged in the the, the, the effective coping strategies. So he, you know, he made sure he committed to shots, or he was committing better to shots. He focused more on his own game. However, initially, he continued to engage in maladaptive coping behaviour. So he continued doing the, the things that he he felt were helping his game. So rushing shots, hitting shots when he wasn't ready, uh, changing his routine being put off by opponents. However, the key difference was now was that he was aware that these things weren't helping him and that they were maladaptive. And then over the period of these 21 days, he actually started, or he stopped using these maladaptive strategies and then used more and more of the effective coping strategies. So So for me, it appears that ineffective coping is a habit and it's a habit that requires breaking in order to, you know, in order to cope with stress more effectively. And it's not something that happens straight away. It's something that happens over time with hard work. But the key, the key part is, is this initial awareness of, of what you're doing and why it's wrong and why it's unhelpful. And then attempting to, to break the habit and then engage in more effective coping strategies. So you can change. I mean, that's the good news, but it's not going to happen in one round or even one week, but you can switch to effective coping behaviors. And I want to end with this quote, because we all face stress and whether you're the best in the world or the best in your club, you have to deal with it. I think stress is stress. I think the Sims. One thing I've learned from, you know, working in, you know, multiple sports with, you know, some of the highest level athletes in the world is that everyone experiences stress and everybody experiences the same symptoms of stress and the same thoughts associated with stress. The key is just how they manage it. You know, I've, I've, you know, conducted research uh, where, particularly in rugby union, where people have been maintaining diary studies and you know I've seen them on television and so I know a particular player for example I know what he was going through on that particular day but you wouldn't be able to tell he was feeling that way from his body language and the way he was playing and I guess ultimately the way he was coping with it but all athletes will experience in the or will experience the same thoughts and feelings regarding stress Thank you so much to Dr. Adam Nichols for sharing with us. Make sure to follow him on Twitter. Also, you heard from Mike Smith, who is a college golf consultant. You can find him at 4FORE, collegegolf.com. Make sure to join us on the Golf Science Lab Insider Club. Head over to golfsciencelab.com backslash insider to get access. This episode was hosted and written by me, Cordy Walker. You can follow me on Twitter at Cordy Walker. Thank you to this season's content partner, Dr. Brett McCabe of themindside.com for his advice. Make sure to check out this show's sponsor, Golf Scrimmages. You know, in the last season of the Golf Science Lab, we talked all about learning and taking your skills from the range to the course. And that's why Golf Scrimmages is so good because they have great games 
that help you practice effectively so it's not boring. You can find specific games for any skill at golfscrimmages.com. Sign up for an account and track your progress and climb the leaderboards. That's at golfscrimmages.com. This was edited and mixed by Just Hit Publish Productions, and we'll see you all next time on the Golf Science Lab. 